Welcome to Your Love Ministries, where this is a Holy Spirit-led podcast. Good day to you. My name is Claire Carter, and I'm your host on this journey of becoming a disciple of Christ. The Holy Spirit has moved on me to enter today into who will enter the kingdom of God. Who will enter the kingdom of God. So let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, we adore you. We just want to say hallelujah and give you the highest of praise because you truly deserve it. Hallelujah. Thank you for allowing us to see this new day. Thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity to learn your word, to receive your word, to do your word. Thank you. Thank you, Yeshua, Jesus, for your love and for your blood that was shed for our freedom, for our lives, for us to be able to join into the kingdom of God. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling here on this podcast, in our homes, in our presence, in our vessels, minds, hearts. Work through us. Work through us, Holy Spirit. Speak through us, Holy Spirit. Activate our lives to live for you, Lord. Thank you for every listener. Thank you for everyone has that has woke up this morning and decided I'm going to take time for my God. I'm going to take time to learn more about my Yeshua, my Jesus. Thank you for those who said I'm going to take the time to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of me, to receive the word of God on this day. Thank you for their hearts. Thank you for them, Father. Bless them and their health, their finances, their families, restoration, anything that they're in need of and allow them to see you in a new and fresh way. Allow the words of your word to come to life in their lives. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We honor and we glorify and praise you. And we seal this prayer with your precious blood, Yeshua. Amen. Amen. So we spoke on one lesson before, who will not enter the kingdom of God. Today, we will speak about who will enter the kingdom of God. We can find in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. So what does that mean? Does that mean we have to be poor? That means we have to be without in order to enter the kingdom of heaven? No, what God is saying, it doesn't necessarily mean poor in the sense of not having any money. It means in the sense of having trust in God. Having meaning that I know that I need God. I know that, yes, I have the things here on this earth, right? I have the things, I have money in my account, I have a car, but maybe I'm poor in spirit. Maybe my spirit is down and I trust in God. Maybe it's what I'm going through at this moment in time where I'm feeling poor, where I'm feeling down and out. And I look to God and trust in God. Those that place their trust in God when he's, when he's saying poor, how God describes things is he uses things in parables when he tells stories. So when we read God's word, when we're reading the word, the truth, we have to understand those, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. That means that those that are in need of him, those that have whatever need to realize that I need God, that 
this house doesn't suffice me. This money doesn't suffice me. The things of this world doesn't suffice me. I need my God. And when we place our trust in God to say, Lord, I know that you will take care of my finances. Lord, I know that you will take care of my family. I'm coming to God and placing all of my trust in him over all of the things that he has given to me, over all of the things in my life, even the air that I breathe. I place my trust in him. And he says in verse 10 of chapter five of Matthew, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So when we get mocked, when we get made fun of, when we do right, when we don't go against what God has laid out in his word, and we are persecuted and things and people and demons and spirits and all this stuff comes against us, we for standing strong and doing right to say, no, that's against my God's word. Just because the government tells me that it's right to do in my God's word, it tells me that I should stay away from that, that I should not engage in that, that no, that is not okay. And when I'm standing for that and I'm persecuted for it, the kingdom of heaven is mine. In Mark chapter nine, verses 43, it says, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand than go into the unquenchable fire of hell, fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown in hell. So does this mean that we're supposed to take a chisel and chisel our eye out? Does this mean we're supposed to take a chainsaw and chop our legs and arms off? What God is saying is release yourself from the things that are keeping you from going to heaven. Release those things from your life that are keeping you from entering to the kingdom of God. When, if you're not sure what those things are, listen back to who will not enter into the kingdom of heaven, who will not. And when you listen to that podcast and you understand the things that you should not be engaging in, you need to cut those things off. Whether they are people that are pulling you into doing those things, whether it's books that you read, whether it's television shows that you watch, whether it's the music that you listen to, whether it's the service that you're going to or listening to, and they're misleading you, those are the things that need to be cut off. Once again, a parable used. Not to physically take a chainsaw and cut our legs off. Please do not go do that. Do not gouge your eye out. What God is stating here is whatever is keeping you from entering to the kingdom of heaven, you need to release it out of your life. You need to cut it off and remove it. Okay, that's what that means. So in Mark verse 10, it says, chapter uh, chapter 10, verse 14, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with the disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Well, what does that mean? I'm 43 years old, so because I'm not four years old, I'm not gonna get into heaven. That's not what God is saying. 
if you look at what God is saying here, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who's anyone who doesn't receive, uh, um, excuse me, anyone who does not enter like a child, meaning if you look at a child, what are they? They are innocent. They are pure. They don't dibble dabble into things that are going to get them in trouble because they don't know they're little children. He says, come to me like that. That means that they are innocent. They are pure. They have an imagination. They have love. If you look at a child and you place a child in a room with another child, um, within 10 or 15 minutes, they're going to talk to each other and say, Hey, how are you? Know their likes and dislikes. They don't see color. They don't, they don't see uh, a different race. They don't see a different ethnic, ethnic or ethnicity. Excuse me. I'm just excited today. The Holy Spirit is really like pushing through. What they see is another person there and and they want to engage in conversation and, and play with that person. And if you place two adults in a room and they can be two different races, two different ethnicities and what happens, it's not the same as the children. So God wants us to come as little children, to have an open heart, an open understanding, an open imagination, an open to know that we can look beyond because so many adults are into the point where uh, if I can't see it, I can't feel it. They have less faith than a child does. A faith has way more, a child has way more faith than an adult does unless you have that relationship with Christ. But that's what he's saying. You have to have faith. You have to come like a child to have an open heart. You have to come like a child, have that freedom in Christ. Love, come like a child. That's what he's meaning in this. In Luke chapter six, verse 20, it says, God blesses you who are poor for the kingdom of God is yours. And that goes right back to what we read in Matthew. That means those who place their trust in God. In Luke chapter 13, verse 24, it says, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. Well, what does that mean, narrow door? We've heard also um, the verse about the narrow gate, the narrow road. You hear the narrow door, the narrow gate, the narrow road, right? The, the, there are many, a few that are going to get through it. Wide is the gate and wide is the road that leads to hell. And so what does that mean? That means that there are more people going to hell, the more people that are going to enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that? There are so many churches around here. There are so many people that claim to be uh, Christians or there are so many people that are religious. We've spoken about this before. It's a personal relationship with God. It is not about religion. It is not that you go to church every Saturday, every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, whenever you attend services. Just because you're warming the seat does not give you a right to enter into the kingdom of God. A personal relationship gets you into the kingdom of God. Not the naysayers. Remember, we've learned who does not and who does enter. And today who enters is the one who hears the word of God and does the word of God. The one who receives the will of the heavenly father and abides by it. The ones who know what they're supposed to do and do it. The ones that are poor in spirit, the ones that trust in God, 
are the ones that will enter the kingdom of God. Those who come like a child, those who have faith, those who believe will enter the narrow door, the narrow gate. So we can see here in Revelation chapter 22, verses 14, verse 14, excuse me, 15, I'm sorry. No, it's 14. I apologize. So blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted, that means allowed, to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Okay, well, who, wait, those who wash their robes, what does that mean? That means that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our savior because the sin that we have done, we hand that over. We hand that over to Jesus and we believe in him because he is the ultimate sacrifice. So we take the sins that we have done and say, Lord, I don't want to do these sins anymore. I don't want to be this person that I was or that I am. I want you, Lord. And what happens? We accept Jesus Christ into our lives and he washes that sin away. And you know what he does? He takes it. He takes that sin that we have done and throws it as far as the east is from the west, far from us. And we are clean. We are clean so we can wear white robes. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse six, it says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. What does that mean? That means that no one can enter into the kingdom of God but through the blood of Jesus by being washed. Remember, we learned that sin cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So unless you have been washed from your sin, unless you have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus from your sin, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So that's why we must crucify ourselves daily. That's why we must repent daily and say, Lord God, every night before I go to bed, I say, Lord God, remove this sin from me. If there is anything, or if I know that I've done something, Father God, please forgive me because only me coming to God and confessing what I have done will make me clean. Only me coming to God and saying, Lord God, I'm so sorry. I did this and that, and I need you, Lord, to wash me. I need you, Lord, to make me clean. I need you, Lord. And I come and I'm daily doing that. Not that I start on Sunday and I ask forgiveness for all my sins. And then I act the same way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then I come in on Sunday. Oh Lord, you know, I did this and that, but you know, I'm only human. God understands I'm only human. That's such a great excuse that people use, but guess what? It's a great excuse to them, but God doesn't buy it. Why? Because he's more about your heart service than your lip service. So in Revelation chapter 28, verse, uh, I'm sorry, chapter 21, verse 28, it says, nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes. 
So when I give my life to Christ for the first time, I come to him and I say, Lord, I want you. I want you. I want to know who you are. I want to know about you. I want you in my life. I, I need to be changed. I need to be transformed and consecrated and sanctified. I need to be set apart. I need to be full of you, Lord. And when I come and I make that decision, I, I confess with my mouth, right? The Lord Jesus in Romans 10, 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I've given my life to Christ right there at that point. I've given my life to Christ and I cry out and I release all my sins. And the Lord washes me as white as snow. My name illuminates in the Lamb's book of life. How do I keep my name in the Lamb's book of life and not get blotted out? By living to enter into the kingdom of God, by understanding I need to follow the commandments. I need to not only say the scripture one time about if I confess with thy mouth the Lord and I'm saved, yes, but now I need to be not only a hearer, but a doer. But now I need to receive the word into my heart. I need to receive the Holy Spirit into my life and I need to live out that life daily. I need to worship God. I need to understand that just because the world says it's right and God says it's wrong, I follow God. And I'm living this life out. In Revelation 21, verses 1 through 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with him, will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. All who are victorious will enter, inherit, excuse me, all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. God's word says that all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. So will you be victorious today? These are the words that was given to John to write down for us to understand and know what are we doing this all for? What is the kingdom of God? It's the place where every tear is dry. It's the place where all sorrows are gone. It's the place where there will be no more crying and no more pain, no more sickness. It's the place that we can be in the presence, physical presence of our heavenly father, of Yeshua, Jesus, 
and surrounded there with the Holy Spirit. Is that not a place that you want to be? Is that a place you want to be? Because remember, narrow is the road door gate and only few will get there. So it takes work. It doesn't take a one-time scripture, but it takes work to live out the life for Christ. To live a life for Christ is not for the weak, but for the warrior. Are you a warrior? Or are you gonna be the weak that walk down the wide path, the wide gate, the wide road that leads to destruction, that leads to hell? So Father God, thank you so much for this time that you have given to us on this day to understand who will inherit your kingdom us, your children that follow your word, us, your children that are obedient unto your word, Father. So we thank you. You said that no sin will enter into heaven. Thank you for revealing to us what sin is, Father. Thank you for revealing to us how we can make it into be with you by following your word, by coming to you like children to receive you, to have faith, to live pure, to live holy and happy. But we know that we can only do do that through the blood of Jesus, your son, Yeshua, that has laid his life down for us. Only through his blood can we be saved and be washed and cleaned and wear the white robes. And we thank you and we love you and we praise you and we honor you for this opportunity on this day that if we have not gotten it right with you, Lord, that this right here, right now is an opportunity for us to take, to give our lives to you. Thank you, Father, that if we've already given our lives to you, but we have backslidden and we have done things that we shouldn't have done. And Father God, we know know and understand that today is the day that we can repent, Father, and turn from our wicked ways and turn from the ways that are not pleasing to you to receive you once again. And we understand that daily we need to come and confess out our sins so you can wash us daily and you know our hearts. Thank you, Father God, for you are worthy and so very wonderful. We just want to glorify and praise you. Thank you for this day. In your mighty and precious name, Jesus, Yeshua. Amen, amen, amen. So if you have not given your life to Christ, today is always a great day to do that. We don't know what day, what time, nor the hour that that the Lord will break open that sky and come back to receive us. So why wait? Don't put off tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. Don't put it off until the next day or next week or next month. Right now, right here is the time. So if that's something you wanted to do today for the first time, Romans 10, 9 states to us that if we confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And praise God, you are saved. So now you confess your sins to God. You pour it out to him, everything you have done through your life. Allow him to wash you and clean you so you can be acceptable to wear that white robe and allow him to fill you with love and joy and gentleness and kindness and peace that only he can give. And you live your life out. It doesn't stop right here. It doesn't stop right here. Live your life out 
to worship him, to read his word daily, to pray daily, to understand him in a personal way because it's a personal relationship that enters you into the kingdom of God. If you have already given your life to Christ, but you've backslidden and you've done things that have not been acceptable, that you've done all this sin and you know that with you doing that, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And today's the day you say, hey, no more playing around. I want you, Lord. You need to confess your sins. You need to pour out to God the things that you have said or done or did and allow him to wash you and clean you. And remember that's something you do daily. Read your word, dig into scripture, receive God and live him out. Be not only a hearer, but a doer. So you may enter into the kingdom of God. And if you have done either of these things today, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We will see each other one day, one day. So thank you. Thank you for opening up your ears, hearts, and minds to receive the word of God on this day. We love you and know that you are loved. Thank you for joining us. Remember that you can find us on the World Wide Web at yourloveministries.us. We also have a Facebook page, Instagram page. You want to look for the heart with the cross through it. Please reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you need some prayer. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, you are loved.